This is episode 40 of the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast. Hey there, everybody, from beautiful Cardston, Alberta, Canada. My name is Dave Miller, and welcome back to the Mentally Ill Mentor podcast, where we discuss the secrets of how you, or someone you love, can begin winning the battle with depression, anxiety, thoughts of suicide, and all other kinds of mental health challenges. And can I just tell you, I love you. I believe in you. And I so much appreciate you being here with me again today. And you know, after my own personal battle of over 20 years with all these things and more, unfortunately, (laughs) and I'm not going to say I'm completely over it, I am now on an all-out mission to help guide you and as many other people as I can in creating a life of lasting hope, joy, and happiness. Well, today, in fulfilling that mission, what I want to try and do is share with you something that is pretty near and dear to my heart, and it's my personal journal. I started this quite a long time ago, um, several years ago, in an effort to be able to kind of get out the feelings that I was having, deep stress and duress, I would actually say, having suicide on my mind constantly and really not knowing what to do, kind of feeling like I had this terrible, dark, but almost irresistible temptation to take my own life, but knowing this wasn't the right thing to do, that I didn't really want to die, I just wanted to end my emotional pain. So I'm not going to say too much more about it because I describe it um, in writing as I uh, in this journal. But I want to share with you over the next few weeks and possibly months um, this personal diary that I've kept. And I'm just going to flip the page here. You can hear it. This is actual paper, uh, pen on paper. And um, it's, I think you'll find it pretty interesting. Uh, It's pretty personal, kind of confidential in some ways. I won't share anything that's super confidential with you. Um, But uh, pretty much, this is the unedited, kind of raw version of me. And I want to share it with you for the reason that at that point in time, I found that I felt completely alone in my mental health struggles. <clears throat> and excuse me, and since that time and before that time, I've had the opportunity to be in group therapy. There are some things I really don't like about group therapy, but one of the things I really love about group therapy is the fact that you're getting together with other people who understand how you feel. And even if at the end of the four or six or 10 weeks or whatever it might be, maybe you don't You've learned some things and and some things, you know, you feel like you've progressed in certain ways, but even if you didn't, knowing that you're not alone and that there's this group of people who are struggling with the same thing kind of does something really positive to your mindset. Being alone really stinks and feeling like you're alone. And so even someone like my wonderful, beautiful wife, Amy, we've been married like over 26 years now. We have seven children together. She wants to understand 
how I feel. She knows me more than better than anybody else on this planet. And yet she has no clue some of the mental health challenges, no clue about some of these challenges that I go through sometimes on a daily basis. Without any further ado, let me share this with you. I named it Diary of a Deeply Depressed Dad by David Grant Miller. I'm going to just share the day with you. I'm not going to share the date. <clears throat> I'm going to share the day and the time. Thursday, uh, this is at 11.15 p.m., day one of Diary of a Deeply Depressed Dad. This is the first thing I write. Goals. Write at least one page per day um, and then publish this eventually. Okay, so here's what I say. We watched a movie tonight for Katie's party. She's our nine-year-old daughter. She's nine years old at that time. That wasn't super thrilling or fast-moving, but it touched my heart in a way that has given me a hope I haven't felt in months. The movie is called Believe in Yourself. It's about a boy whose mom is in the military and she goes missing in action. Because she is presumed dead, uh, state authorities come to take her son, and uh, the son is about 8 to 10 years old, into custody. Overhearing the conversation between the state authorities and the boy's dad, he finds out that his dad isn't his biological dad, even though he is his dad for all intents and purposes. He and his wife simply didn't ever get the paperwork done for the boy to officially be adopted. Overhearing this and knowing he will be taken from the only man he knows as dad, he runs away and finds himself in the heart of Detroit. And I've got in the parenthesis here, yikes, man, that'd be scary. Okay, back to the journal. Diary. Back to the diary. Thankfully, before his first night on his own, he is taken under the wing of, quote-unquote, Captain Miles, a homeless man in uniform who used to be in the army, but later we find out suffers from and is tortured by the effects of PTSD from when he was in combat. Before I go any further, I want to let you know, and you can be prepared for this, um, this is, I haven't read this lately. I have read over the first few entries a, a couple of times in the past. But as we go through, I want you to feel my raw feelings and emotions. And so to be real open with you, this stuff is kind of triggering to me. So, but I don't want it to be any different. So what you're going to hear is the unedited, raw, unrehearsed version and it's probably going to bring up some emotion for me, like it already is. Um, so if you're triggered by this, I would suggest that you do um, what Oprah suggests that you do when you're listening to her audiobook about trauma, which is called, let me just think if I can think of it here real quick, What Happened to You? And the reason they named it that was because everything has to do with what happened to you rather than what's wrong with you. 
And she wrote that with a, a companion there, a very famous doctor who's really knows what he's talking about when it comes to trauma. And I highly suggest the audiobook. Anyways, I'm going to go back to what I was talking about here, Diary of a Deeply Depressed Dad. But just so you know, I want you to feel these raw, unedited emotions. This isn't going to be a perfect thing as we go through the Diary of a Deeply Depressed Dad series. And if you want to laugh and cry with me, I invite you to do that. I'm at an orphanage, which is in danger of being shut down because of a lack of funding. In the end, the quote-unquote orphans, I don't love that term, I have in brackets, organize a fundraiser unbeknownst to the adults in their lives. The main event, the boy miraculously can play the piano with amazing skill, like a kid that would go viral on YouTube with tens of millions of views, like out of this world talented. But at the last moment, just before he's supposed to take the stage for this fundraiser, his quote-unquote dad, right, the guy who's for all intents and purposes is his dad, admits after the boy asks that he likely will never see his mom again. Remember, the mom's missing in action in, in war in Iraq or something. Disappointed beyond belief and in despair, the boy feels too overwhelmed to perform. Then I've got three stars, but then, quote-unquote, Captain Miles, who has cleaned himself up and is feeling good about himself and his ability to help the orphanage, long story, in brackets, asks the boy's dad if he can speak to him. During the pep talk, he tells the boy to never stop believing in himself and the possibility of seeing his mom again. Okay, so I'm going to explain to you why this is bringing up a bit of emotion. This is tough for me to keep believing in myself some days. And uses a touching personal story about how he nearly died and was MIA against all odds and had the strength to go on even when it was horrific. Bottom line, the boy plays and wows and amazes everyone. And everything works out. And when he and his dad arrive home from the concert, miraculously, of course, his mom is there. Okay, I admit it, I cried. What touched me most about the movie, and what I keep thinking of, is Captain Miles. So many times in the past, due to my stupid mental illness, I have been down and out. But up until now, I've mustered the courage to keep going and regained hope and, believe in my, and believed in myself yet again. But this time, I think I feel like Captain Miles. I feel too down, too out. Almost like I've hit my limit on number of embarrassing failures want in life, a gorgeous wife, seven beautiful children, a nice home in a small town. My inability to be the provider I need to be is killing me. I guess like Sam Bracken's self-worth was wrapped up in whether or not he could play football slightly lower 
than the, quote, scum of the entire, entire molecular biosphere, unquote, as we used to joke in high school. What's worse is that because I feel so convinced that there's no hope for me to regain the hope I always used to have, I find my mind dwelling on suicide far too much. Like today, when the dealership called to tell us that the Acadia could do with $1,000 of repairs. All I could think was, we don't have that kind of cash. How long can we exist like this? Amy needs money, and so do our children. And if I had the courage, I could make $800,000 literally overnight. Would I really do it? It wouldn't be a problem. But I also believe suicide is incredibly selfish, and I truly feel it would be like abandoning my family and permanently... This is funny that, I, <laughs> that I'm getting emotional this part. Anyways, it would be like abandoning my family and permanently moving to California or something. I love California, but without my family, I don't think so. Let me start this again. But I also believe suicide is incredibly selfish, and I truly feel it would be like abandoning my family and permanently moving to California or something and never calling emailing, texting, or even writing a letter. Then, by choice, I'd miss Joe's baptism, and Julie's grad, Next year, weddings, birthdays, grandchildren. And especially kissing Amy's luscious lips and dot, 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 everything that comes along with that. Winky face. My epiphany. So, as the movie ended and the song played Believe in Yourself, a very inspirational song for me, I had a hopeful thought for the first time in a long time. Seeing so much of myself in the homeless Captain Miles, a man who had once been a courageous soldier and looked up to men, I guess I realized that maybe there is still hope, and I have a star beside this. Next paragraph. Then I remembered the story of Viktor Frankl, the way he kept himself from going crazy and or committing suicide, when he was a prisoner in the, in the Nazi death camps, was to envision himself in front of his university class lecturing. And he would be speaking about his thoughts, feelings, and what he learned through his horrific experience. My epiphany? So it is with me. If I am to remain sane and alive, I have got to take the punch Out of the horrible, negative emotions, I have such a hard time controlling. And so, from now on, all day, every day, my goal 
at least while I feel little hope and the days are dark, I will, as Viktor Frankl did, imagine speaking to large gatherings of people and having the book I will publish out of these very words be read by millions. How am I going to continue on and make all this happen? <clears throat> I honestly have no clue. But, God willing, somehow I am going to beat this stupid illness to the point that I will never even have the desire to resort to suicide again. Well, it's close to midnight now, and I'm going to, I mentioned this person's name, I'm not going to say it on air here, but a client with Amy tomorrow. She says she needs help from me, me too, during Amy's regular house cleaning day. I know she's just wanting to help me to earn money, and God bless her heart for that. I hope and pray the hope I feel now will still be here in the morning, and that, like Viktor Frankl, I'll make it out alive and live to bless the lives of others by sharing my true story. Sorry, I'm going to say this one more time, this sentence. I'll... Okay, let's start it again. I hope and pray the hope I feel now will still be here in the morning, and that, like Viktor Frankl, I'll make it out alive and live to bless the lives of others by sharing my true and incredibly painful story. And I just sign it, Dave.